moment after you're done giving, and we'll get going in the message today. So lots of fun stuff coming up. We got Halloween. I got at the movies. And um, yeah, so we just, we just closed out this, uh, this series um, called, uh, called uh, Where's the Fun? We call it WTF, just to have some fun with it, right? So did a series called Where's the Fun? Just closed that out. That was a fun series. Did you have fun the last three weeks at church? Come on. You laughed at church. We, uh, we had a good time doing some laughing at church. That's an okay thing. So um, we, we had a, a lot of fun. Uh, t- today, here's, here's what we're going to be doing. Uh, today and then uh, next week are just kind of off Sundays. And so here's what I mean by that. Usually we're in the middle of a series, um, you know, kind of keeping a theme. That way we can kind of be heading one direction and learn some things together because you can't really teach a lot of things in just 25 minutes on a Sunday. So we kind of move in one direction together. But today is going to be a little bit of a different Sunday. And then next week uh, you are going to be in, you're going to be blessed because uh, one of my best friends on the planet, his name's Kerry Robinson. He's an incredible preacher, pastor one of my good buddies from, from Orange County, California. He's been here before, and he's one of our most loved guys here, but he's going to be here. I mean, my man can preach. He does an incredible job, and so don't miss next Sunday. He's going to be here, and then today, here's what I want to do. I'm going to take just one day and one Sunday and do what we call Vision Sunday, okay? So here's what I know. If you're new here, this is still for you, okay? Don't, don't be like, hey, man, I'm, I, what you're talking about, vision. This is kind of a family meeting, uh, but, but if, if you're new here, this is still for you, and hopefully you can kind of hear the heart of why we do what we do and really what God has for you here uh, t- today. And, and, and here's why I wanted to do this today, that I realized looking at the calendar recently that uh, next Sunday will actually be, actually be the one-year anniversary of when I stood up here and let you guys know that we were buying the old Centralia High School for the future home of City Hope Church. Yeah, yeah, that's great. It's great. It's been one year. <laughs> one year, which is incredible. I mean, it's, it's been an incredible year. It's, it's, it's been a year. <laughs> it has been, it, uh, you know, I, I, I say this every year as I get older, that it's been the fastest year of my life. Now, I don't know if that old people help me out. You know, but I'm, you're like, who, who are you calling old, okay? I'm, I'll be 40 next year. I'm pushing it. So um, I, I feel like every year that I get older, that it just starts to go faster, right? And, and this year has been really the fastest year of, of our life. Karis and I were talking about this recently. It's been so quick. It's been so fast. We've just been going and going and going. But it's been an exciting year. It really has been an exciting year. Um, you know, about a year and a half ago, beginning of 2018, we looked up and, man, services were full and, you know, still are. Services are full and kind of out of room and kids, out of room parking lot. And so we kind of try to figure out what's next. And we don't really have the space here on this property to build something new. And so we, you know, we, we thought about building a new building and it's just going to be like $5 million. I'm like, oh, might as well be a billion dollars. It's crazy. You know, so it's not a possibility, not a reality. So, you know, God really, a year ago, a year and a half ago, spoke to us and said to go check out this old building that's a block and a half away. 
And I don't have the time today to go into all the details and the God story. Uh, this week on Facebook, on our social media, we'll be posting a link to last year's message when I rolled it out. And, and listen, there's so many God details. God literally spoke to us. There was confirmation after confirmation. There was provision. And, and so all along the way, we really believe that it's a miracle and it's a direction from God. And, and so it's been a year since, since all of that happened. And, and this, this past year, man, it's been awesome. We started raising money right off the bat because it's like a 1.12 whatever million dollar project. And, and so uh, it's, it's a big project, which is still a fraction of, co- of building new, but still an expensive project. So we started raising money. And, and uh, I, I want to let you know that today in the last year, we've raised over $400,000. Come on, give yourselves a hand. Give God a hand for that, man. That's incredible. <clears throat> we're like 90% there. Like we're so close. And it, it's, it's, it's super cool. Like uh, <laughs> I, I want you to know that about half of that has come from outside the church. About half of that has come from, yeah, that's good, that's a good thing, it's a good thing, it's a good thing. Like half of that has come from outside the church, and it's come from other churches, other ministries. Literally, some of the people that are, that are some of the pastors and leaders of the largest ministries and churches across the country have given to this financially. And, and, and here's why I say that. I, I don't say that to brag. I, I, could, I could name drop if I wanted to, okay? But I, I, I don't say that to brag. Here's why I say that. I want you to know that some of the people who are the leading voices of the faith and Christianity today, are, their eyes are upon what God is doing in Centralia, and they, they are excited about what's going on in our community. And I say that because sometimes when you're on the inside, you don't see it, you know? But from the outside, I man, there are people who, who have a lot of, uh, a lot of character and, and a lot of status and position, a lot of money. They're, they're excited about what God is doing in, in our church. And I want you to know that. So for this last year, man, we started raising money. We started the work. We got to work on the building over there. Um, we've, been, we've had our heads down, just been hustling for this last year. Turns out it is a lot of work to remodel a quarter million square feet, okay? So it's a lot of work, you know? So I was like, oh, we get this done in a couple months. Like, no, that didn't happen, okay? So a lot of work. Uh, it, it's taken way longer than we thought. It's cost more than, than we thought it was gonna cost. You know, somebody told me, it was funny when we first bought it, we, we closed on it in November. Somebody's like, when are you going to be in here? I'm like, well, maybe Christmas, you know. Probably, probably Easter. We'll be here on we'll Easter, you know. Well, the Easter's come and gone. We're still not there, you know. And we, maybe Easter next year we'll be in there. But it's funny because somebody told me once that you, you always underestimate, you always overestimate, sorry, you always overestimate what you can do in a year, but you underestimate what you can do in a lifetime. We always overestimate what we can do in a year, but we underestimate what we can do in a lifetime. And, and I, I'm guilty. I thought, well, a year, man, well, I overestimate. We'll, we'll be in there and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll do this. Over. But, but here's what I don't want. I, do, I don't want to underestimate what God can do in our lifetime. And so I want to talk about that. I want, I want to talk about what's coming in the next few months, but I also want to talk about what I feel like God can do in these next several years. It has been an incredible year. It's been a fruitful year. I want you to know that while, while that's been going on in the building project and remodeling, it's been a fruitful year right here. I want you to know that. I want you to know that this year, 148 people have let us know that they've said yes to Jesus in City Hope Church on a Sunday morning. Come on, that's, that's, that, that's reason to celebrate. That's why we do what we do. This year, 81 people have went public with their faith in baptism just since January. We have an average of right around 600 people every Sunday. One Sunday a year, all those people show up together, and there was 1,400 of us on Easter, right? Because only about half of us come half the time, you know what I'm saying? So uh, 
Our average giving this year is about $18 a person per Sunday. I'll talk more about that in just a minute. Just wanted to give you some of the wins from this year. Um, We've got to serve thousands of people this year. We serve thousands through the outreaches and through what you guys do and serve days. And, and one of the things I'm most excited about is every Sunday, if you go out this door and you take a left down the hallway, every Sunday there's an average 130 kids down in the kids' wing. Come on, learning about Jesus, growing in their faith, getting a firm foundation for life. I love that. I love that. Then we have, we have motion night and we have tons of students in motion. It's, it's exciting. It's been a fruitful year, but let me also say that this year has been a fight too. Anytime you're in a fruitful year, you're also going to be in a fight as well. So somebody said another level, there's another devil, right? Somebody else said more money, more problems, right? It's just, it's just a different, you know. <laughs> it's been a fight this year. It's been tough. We've transitioned several staff members out and went to plant churches and, and you know, be principals of schools and just done incredible stuff. And we're happy to send them and done incredible stuff. But it's still left, you know, trying to figure stuff out here. We, we've, it's taken its toll on us physically. I'll talk more about that in just a moment. There, there's been rumors and people talking, you know, and, and, and I'll talk more about that in a minute. It, it's, it's been a battle. It's been a battle. But here's what I know, that the battle is not a surprise. I was talking to a mentor just a few weeks ago, and I was telling about all the fights and the battles this past year and the struggle, you know, and what, what, you know, ever since we bought the building, just what all has, has transpired. And, and he said, you know what? He said, I'm, I'm not discouraged about the battle and the fight. He said, actually, I'd be discouraged if there wasn't one. Because anytime you're taking ground for the kingdom of God, anytime you're advancing God's kingdom, there's going to be a fight because you're on the front lines. You're taking ground, right? The enemy doesn't want that. So there's a fight, there's a battle. And, and it reminded me of this story in the, bu- the book of Nehemiah. If you have never read the book of Nehemiah, I'd encourage you to do so. I want to kind of give you just a little brief history on Nehemiah and, and kind of share a, a scripture out of Nehemiah 6 with you. But Nehemiah was a man who had moved away from his, his hometown of Jerusalem. Um, he heard about the current condition of his city. It broke his heart. He felt compelled by God to go back and to help rebuild the city and kind of lead the charge. Nehemiah gets a whole bunch of, or- he's an ordinary guy. He gets a bunch of other ordinary people together, and together as a team, they literally rebuilt the city. The Bible talks about how they rebuilt it brick by brick, and I want you to know that we are a Nehemiah church. We are a church that we are here to rebuild our city. It is hope for this city one heart at a time. They built it brick by brick. We build it person by person. One heart at a time. And that's what God has called us to do. And if you go read the first several chapters in Nehemiah, it kind of sets up the story and how God called them and put the team together and everything. And I think my favorite chapter in Nehemiah is Nehemiah 3. You go read it, you'll be bored to death. And here's why, because it's just a list of names. It's just a bunch of people's names and what they did and what gate they worked on and which part of the wall they worked on. And it's boring to you, but to me, it's encouragement. Because what it was, it wasn't just one man. It was, it was, a, it was a team. It was everybody in on it together. Everybody owned it together. And they all worked together to bring something to pass. And what I love is that these people, they all worked together. And because they all worked together, they did something incredible. They literally rebuilt a city. But here's what I want you to know. Just about the time they were making progress. They got the walls of the city rebuilt. They haven't really got to the gates yet. We'll talk about that in a second. They haven't really got to the gates. They got the walls rebuilt. They're kind of making some progress. Whenever they got to where they were making some progress, that's when they faced the stiffest opposition. Nehemiah 6, let me read this to you. 
Starting in verse 1. I think verse 2 is up. I'm going to read you verse 1. It says, Sambalot, Tobiah, and Geshem, the Arab. It says, that the, and the rest of the enemies. So there was these people who were opposed to what they were doing. Anytime you do anything, you're going to have opposition. Know that. Somebody disagrees with you right now. If you don't believe me, put your opinion on Facebook. Someone will disagree with you right now. Like, my favorite color is red. Red's a terrible color, right? You know, they'll disagree with you. It doesn't matter what you have to say, you know? Everybody, everybody, you got an enemy. Anytime you're doing anything, you're going to have somebody disagree with you. They found out that I had finished rebuilding the wall, Nehemiah, Nehemiah says, and there was no gaps remaining, so we got all the gaps, but we hadn't got to the doors yet. This is kind of showing the first part of Nehemiah's problem at this point. They got almost there, but they're not done yet. And I wonder if the reason why they're almost there and they're not done yet is because everybody kind of started getting tired. They've been rebuilding for a long time. Man, we got the walls, but they still are... So we got the walls, but the gates aren't done. You know what? Fatigue set in. Fatigue set in. And one of the things we have to battle is fatigue. I'll talk about that in a minute. Verse 2 says, so Sambalot and Geshem, it says, they sent a message asking me to meet them at one of the villages in the plain of Oh No. Okay. Somebody invites you to Oh No, you say, Oh No. I ain't going, <laughs> I ain't going there, right? <laughs> so they got invited to a plain called Oh No. But I realized they were plotting to harm me. Verse 3 says, so I replied to them by sending a message to them and said, I am engaged in a great work so I can't come. I love that scripture. The distractions started to come. Because whenever you're doing something important, there's going to be distractions. The distraction, and by the way, you need to know that distractions are a tactic of the enemy. You want to talk about spiritual warfare? One of the greatest tactics the enemy has in spiritual warfare is distraction. Distracting you from what you're called to do. Distractions, Right? And so Nehemiah says, you know what? I'm not going to look at the distraction. He says, I'm doing too great a work. I'm doing too great a work. I can't stop now. I'm engaged in a great work. I can't come. Literally, he says, I can't stop now. I can't stop now. I can't stop now. In, in, the, in, the, in the Hebrew, if you read this, it literally says, ain't nobody got time for that, okay? <laughs> ain't nobody got time. I can't. Ain't nobody got time for that. I can't do it. Can't stop now. That's a lie, okay? Can't, can't stop now. Can't stop now. Why, why should I stop working and come and meet with you? Four times they sent the same messages. And each time I gave the same reply. Can't stop now. Can't stop now. I know you're trying to distract me. Distractions, distractions. Can't stop now. The fifth time, Sambalot's servant came with an open letter in his hand. And this is what the letter said. There is a rumor. Uh-oh. You see what comes next? Fatigue's there. They're tired. Then there's Distractions. Well, that didn't work. Let's, let's just start the accusation. Let's get the rumor mill going, right? Well, the rumor is what they were saying at McDonald's on Broadway at six in the morning with the old people sitting around with coffee. Here's what they were saying. They were saying, um, <laughs> they were saying the rumor among the surrounding nations in Geshem tells me it is true that you and the Jews are planning to rebel. And that is why you're building the wall. According to his reports, you plan to be their king. He also reported that you have appointed prophets in Jerusalem to proclaim about you. Look, there was a king in Judah. You can be very sure that this report will get back to the king, so I suggest that you come and talk it over with me. Accusation. Fatigue set in. Distractions. Accusation. Nehemiah replied and said, there is no truth to any part of your story. Man, you're making the whole thing. It's crazy. I don't care what they said. It's not right. Verse 9 says they were just trying to intimidate. There's intimidation. So fatigue, distraction, accusation, intimidation. 
They were just trying to intimidate us, imagining that they could discourage us, discouragement, and stop the work. So I continued with the work, with even, I love this last line. I continued the work with even greater determination. I was reading this a few weeks ago, and I saw those words, and sometimes I, I teach you guys when you read the Bible, look, look, look for the holy highlighter. <laughs> look, look, look for the thing that just jumps off the page and God grabs your attention. And I was reading those words, and those words even greater. I was like, oh man, even greater determination. He said, he said I can't stop now. I'm, I'm not going to listen to the accusation. I'm not going to succumb to the intimidation or the discouragement, right? Like, here's why. Because, because I've got something to do, and I've got an even greater determination now than ever before. An even greater determination. Everybody say, even greater. Yeah. Say it again like you mean. Say, even greater. Yeah. Nehemiah said, i got an even greater determination than ever before. In the midst of all that, let me just say today that I have a greater determination than ever before. And my, my prayer today is that you would kind of catch that greater determination. And let me just tell you, and let me be honest with you, in the last year, we've dealt with all the things that Nehemiah dealt with. We've dealt with fatigue. We've personally been tired. Like, I'm tired today. Personally been tired. I went to my doctor a few months back. I'm like, I'm tired. He's like, well, let me do your blood work. And my blood work came back. He's like, this isn't good. You, you. <laughs> He's like, uh, you know that testosterone thing that most guys have? He's like, you don't have any right now. I'm like, oh, good, good, good. He's like, uh, he's like also, your adrenal glands aren't working. Okay, good. So I have no adrenaline or testosterone in my body. So what's that? So it's just been going too hard, too fast, too long. Yeah, you know, just tired. So I'm trying to get that right. I haven't really shared that publicly, but it's been going on. Karis has been tired autoimmune flare-ups, it's sickness, it's a distraction. She's got bronchitis. She's up there taking breathing treatments in between sets. You don't see that, but you know what? It's, it's a distraction. It, you know, it's a distraction. It's, it's fatigue. So there, there's, there's fatigue setting in, and then, and then, and then I see y'all tired too. I know you are. You know, here's how I know you are, because the first time we had a work night, or the first work day, the first work Saturday we had over there, I was like, we're going to go tear down some walls. Y'all are like, yeah, let's go. So we had, we had 120 people over there. I'm like, this is going to be incredible. We're going to get this done in like three months, right? Last week we had four, okay? And that was a, that was a big number for us, all right? <laughs> I was like, oh, four, hello. Get some work done tonight. Get some work done tonight. I know you're getting tired. I get it. I get it. I know there's distractions. I know, I know what's going on in a lot of your lives. I know there's distractions. We've had problems in your lives. We've had problems with the building over there. There's always an issue, right? Something's leaking. Something's broken. There's sickness going on. Schedules, busyness, sports, distractions. Seth, this is the police. Okay, great. What you got for me today? Uh, so... Uh, we saw somebody broke a window. I'm like, okay, cool. It's like, it's another distraction. They got me on speed dial right now. <laughs> Break-ins, stealing copper, you know, all the just distractions. Then there's the accusation. It's the rumors that you hear. Man, I've heard so many rumors about us. That stuff, that, stuff I'm like, oh, wow, I can, man, that's impressive. I can't come up with that one. I told y'all one the other day, I got to tell you, if you haven't heard it, I'm going to tell you again. The one I heard the other day, my favorite one so far, is that the reason we bought that old building is because we're turning it into a marijuana cultivation plant. 
I told you. All right, let's go with it. It's called the most high, you know? Ain't no high like the most high. And so it's, we're, it's, we're just going to grow some weed over You know, like, no. Accusation. Did you hear? Did you, here's when I heard that. Did you hear that that pastor, he took a bribe from the city so that the church would buy that building? Like, what? A bribe? Come check my bank account. You'd be like, no, he didn't take a bribe. <laughs> There's no, no bribes involved. <laughs> I heard they tore down V building. I heard they're tearing down Trout Gym too because they don't care about our city. They're te- no, tearing it all down. Here, you know, accusation. Somebody the other day, it was so funny. They're like, uh, <laughs> like, hey, you, did you tear down V building? Yeah, yeah. Why? Well, you, were you in V building 30 years ago? No? Okay. So uh, that was my favorite building. I'm sorry. I can't believe you tore that down. Well, you should have bought it. It's been vacant for 15 years. If you, if you, you know what you should have done? You should, I'm just venting to y'all right now. This has nothing to do with my sermon. I'm just, I'm just letting it all out. It's like my therapy. You know what you should have done? You should have done this. You know what you should have done? You should have bought it 15 years ago when they shut it down. That's what you should have done. Yeah, I hear that. <laughs> it's so funny. This one, this one lady is like, uh, you tore down my favorite building. Literally what she said, thanks for nothing. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> By the way, we're spending a million dollars to take a billion that was falling in and turn it into something to bring some life into this city and some young people. But thanks for nothing, okay? <laughs> it's an accusation, man. I love it. Then there's intimidation. I'm intimidated sometimes. People are like, it's too big. It's big. It's too expensive. I know. Who's going to pay for it? I don't know. <laughs> intimidation, you know? Then discouragement. What were you thinking? What were you thinking? Somebody told me the other day, you know you're just trying to polish a turd over there, don't you? First of all, I don't know what that means. Second of all, that is the most Southern Illinois thing you can say. All right. Ain't no way it's ever going to get done. You just hear all this stuff in the midst of it. Listen, Nehemiah said, okay, I hear the accusation. I'm intimidated. Like all this stuff, there's accusation, there's discouragement. In the middle of all, I am even more determined. And so they had even more determination. And here's what happened. They took the determination and they, they, they got to work. And so because they got to work, they rebuilt the city walls in 52 days. And guess what? They had the greatest revival that Israel had ever seen. People moved from all around the world back to the city because they were determined. And today it's still a thriving city because they were determined. A greater determination. God took their determination and look, God took their determination and God took it and he made it transformation. Here's what God does. He takes our determination and he turns it into transformation. Let me tell you what I'm excited about today. Here's your big idea. I believe, here's what I believe. Here's the word for today, right? We're from God. I think that God wants to turn our even greater determination into an even greater transformation. I think there's a transformation that's about to take place. that's even greater than anything we can imagine. I think the thing that God wants to do next is bigger and greater than anything we can imagine. And I know what you're thinking. He's 20 minutes in and we still have 14 points. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll. Th- <laughs> and that, and the rest of it's going to go quick, okay? I promise. I'm hungry too. 
There's an even greater transformation coming. Let me talk to you about it. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to have a greater space for people to believe, number one. A greater space. Here's a transformation. A greater space for people to believe. This is the number one heart of this house, that people would believe. We want to introduce people to Jesus. Here's what I know. At the end of the day, every one of us are going to die. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. It's going to happen. Every one of us are going to, every one of us are going to face God someday. And before, listen, here's the first question. Later on, he'll talk about what you did with your life and how you did this and what you did there and how you, you know, what you did with your gifts. The first question is this, do you know me? That's the get in or get out question. Do you know me? Can I tell you what drives us, what keeps us up at night? The thing that we care about most is we want people to know God. We want people to be be believers. You are saved by grace through faith. Believing, believing, believing. We want people to believe. We want to populate heaven. I like to say, listen, if you are in this region, if you're in this region and you plan on going to hell, you're going to have to go through us first. We're going to make sure that people believe. We're going to have a greater space for people to leave. Why do you want a big building? Because there's more room for people to believe, to hear the gospel, hear the good news of what Jesus has done for them. Number one, a greater space for people to believe. Number two, a greater space for people to belong. Because we all need to believe, but then we need to belong. We're created to belong to a family, a family of God. Every one of us, deep down inside of us, wants to belong. Somewhere today, there was a 17-year-old kid sitting in their bedroom, and they're depressed, and they're trying to figure out who they are because they don't belong. We want to give them a place to belong. We want to be the remedy to their depression, the thing that they're dealing with. We want to give them a place to belong. We're going to have more space to belong. Number three, we're going to have a greater space, space for people to become. To become what? To become more like Jesus, to become the person that God created them to be. To become more like Jesus, to be the person God created them to be. If you ever come to our Connect Lunch, which we have the first Sunday of every month, you're going to hear this. Here's our hope for you, that you believe, you belong, and you become. Believe, belong, become. Believe, belong, become. And what it's going to do for us. So so we're going to have a greater opportunity for people to believe, to to belong, to become. And then here's what we get to do. We're going to have a greater space. um, We're going to have a greater opportunity to serve those in need. We're going to have more resources and a greater opportunity to serve those in need. The Bible says that Jesus did not come to be served. He came to serve. Now, that is the opposite of our culture. We live in a culture where you get enough status so people will serve you. Jesus says, I don't want to be served. I want to serve. We are most like Jesus when we serve others. So we want to have a greater opportunity to serve those in need. How do we do this? We do it every Sunday. A lot of us, we serve on teams. I'll talk about that more here in just a minute. But we serve on teams and we serve people. We serve people who come through the doors today. But also we have outreach efforts. We have events that we do. We have serve teams. We have serve days. And then here's what I'm really excited about. We have our sights set on what we're going to call the Southern Illinois Dream Center. It's it's, it's a separate entity that we're getting ready to, to you're going to hear a lot about it. Southern Illinois Dream Center. And here, here's our heart. We're going, to have our, we're going to give our hurting, or we're going to give hurting people hope by connecting them to a community of support with resources to help with hunger and clothing and poverty and addiction and abuse and education. People ask, what are you going to do with the old cafeteria? That's what we're going to do. Why haven't you done it yet? Because there's plumbing codes I didn't know about, okay? 
Jesus, help me with the plumbing codes. Okay. There's plumbing codes, and there's about $70,000 worth of plumbing that needs to take place. I didn't know. But we're going to get it done. God's going to get it done. And we're going to serve people. Number five, we're going to have a greater opportunity to reach the next generation. Guys, we have, our hopes are so high for the next generation. I'm so pumped about the next generation. I believe God wants to do something in the next generation. We want to build a youth center. We want to have youth services, a gathering space for them, have open gyms, get kids off the street, recreational areas where they can come in and find life and find hope and find Jesus. The next generation, guys. It's crucial. Here, here's what I know. Listen, we can come to church all day and we can feel good and we can clap and that's great. But if we don't pass it off to the next generation, what do we even do? The moment I became a parent, my life was no longer about me. Listen, Christian, you've been around for a while. Your life is no longer about you. This past week, I got a, we got a Google review. And maybe you in here did. I don't, I'm not sure who did it. Maybe it was one of y'all. Thank you for that. It was an inspiration to me. Now, it was a four-star, not a five-star. So I'm, you know, I'm going to let that slide. But if you want to go back and fix it, that would be fine. But it was a four-star. And it said, you know, the church was great, you know, message. And the, the worship was great. They said, but it's really a church maybe for the, for the younger generation, not the older generation. And I was like, and you're giving us, that's a five-star review. Come on. Like, I love that it's for the next generation. I love when young people are walking in here, right? That's what it's all about. Greater opportunity to reach the next generation. Number six, greater dreams for the future. Greater dreams for the future. Here's what I know. Since we've gotten that building, God is starting to put dreams in our heart that were never there before. And when we walk through there, it's, it's funny. We walk through there, and all of a sudden, Karis and I will be talking about, hey, you know what we could do? You know what we could do here? You know what we could do? There's dreams that God's starting to, and I, I don't know if they're going to happen. They're dreams. I believe that they will someday. I don't know how they're going to happen. This other stuff I can kind of make sense out of, but this stuff is dreams. You, you want to hear a few of our dreams? I'm going to tell you anyway. Here's a few of our dreams. <laughs> Huge student ministry facility. Here, here's one of our dreams, City Hope College. What, what if, what if, what if, hang with me. We, we've been talking with the organization. We can have a fully accredited ministry school. Well, what, what if a young person who, who feels a call to ministry doesn't just go off to public university where their, their minds and their, and, and their, you know, Decisions are corrupted. What if, what if they stay home and they, they learn how to do ministry in the context of some What if some of our greatest leaders stay here and, and, they're, and, they're, and they're brought up in the ways of the Lord and learn how to serve our city? And the, well, what if it's young people lead the generation? Come on, I get excited about that. What about a college? What, what, about, what about dormitories for them to stay? What, what about, hey, what about a summer youth camp where we, where we bring in kids from all around the country? who live in really nice places like, you know, I live in the suburbs of Atlanta, you know, and I'm driving my, my Audi, okay, you know? So like, yeah, you're 16, shut up. Okay, so like, you know, what, what, let's, let's bring those kids to Centralia. Let's, let's show them what the rest of the world lives like. And let's use those kids to actually serve our city, right? What would it do? What would it be like if we had outdoor recreational areas over there? I love when I go by there and I see some people, every day I go by there, people are playing on those broke basketball goals. And I'm like, what if we had some nice ones? How many more people play? What if we had a little park area there? Because there's no parks in this area. You know, I just start dreaming. We start dreaming about stuff, you know? Small groups. What if, we, what if we had sports leagues? What if we had sports leagues where like at halftime, it's like, hey, you can play free sports league. It's incredible. We're going to have great sports league. We're going to hear the gospel at halftime. You know, like what would that be like? I want to tell you about Jesus. 
What would it be like? We have these dreams, greater dreams for the future. So how's it going to come to life? Let me give you two words. Unity and ownership. Unity and ownership. I'm going to give you two more words that you can write next to the word unity and ownership. Next to the word unity, you can write the word heart. And next to ownership, you can write the word hands. Here's how it happens. We have to have an even greater determination. It's got to start in our hearts and it's got to show in our hands. A greater determination for a greater transformation. A greater determination for unity of heart. We've got to be united in the house. What does that mean? We talk about how this church is not, this is a house. We are a family. This is our house. So we have, we need to be united in the house where we say, you know what? I, I don't just go to City Hope Church. I am City Hope Church because a church is not a building. Newsflash. The church is a people. And so we are the church. You are the church. And so I don't just go to City Hope. I am City Hope Church. So we're united in heart. Unity, there's blessing in unity. We are united in vision. We are all in this together. We are going in the same direction. Whatever it takes from us, we're going to make sure that God, that God gets the glory, he gets the credit, that God gets it done. But whatever it takes from us, we are desperate to bring people to Jesus, to see hope for this city one heart at a time, to see people believe, belong, and become. The third one is we're going to be united with each other. We're going to believe the best about each other. We're going to be committed to each other. We're going to serve each other. We're going to help each other. We're a family. Maybe a big family, but we're a family. My prayer is that your passion grows, that the unity in your heart grows, and then that it overflows to your hands, that you have greater ownership. People ask me all the time, they say, hey, Seth, how do I become a member of City Hope Church? I love doing this. They're like, they're like how can I become a member of City Hope Church? I'm like, oh, you can't become a member. And they're like, oh, what did I do? And I just smile. I'm like, no, listen, we don't have membership. Maybe you didn't know. We don't have membership. You know what we do? We have ownership. Because with membership comes rights. With ownership comes responsibility. This isn't a social club where you're a member and you have rights. Listen, no, no, no. We, we have ownership. You have responsibilities. Take ownership. Let it, let it, let it show in your hand. Like, ownership is commitment. Take commitment. Like, commit. Take ownership. Commit to, what would I commit to? Commit to Team Hope to serve. Join a team. If you're not on a team, what are you doing? It's going to be real. My family talk, like, if you're not on a team, what are you doing? It takes 100 plus people every Sunday to pull this off. It's going to take twice as many over there. We have to double our teams. If you've been coming and you're not on Team Hope, you don't, you're not on the guest services team or, or the experience team or worship team or, or kids team, the most important team or next gen, you're not on this team, it's like, what are you doing? Join a team. Join a team. It's no fun on the sidelines. Get in the game. This is like City Hope. It's like Christianity 101. We gotta double our teams. We need 35 to 40 new people for our guest services team, 35 to 40 for our kids team. So commit to a team to serve. You're gonna have a chance to here in just a moment on the, on the card that's in your worship guide. The second one, take ownership. Commit to a building crew to prepare. So it turns out the building's not done. Right? We're getting there. It's really starting to look like something. It's, it's looking good, but it's not done. Here's where we need you. So we're going to do something today that we haven't done yet. People have been saying, okay, when's the first Sunday? I'm like, I don't know. And I make jokes like, you know, maybe by 2021. <laughs> I'm like, I think I'm funny and I'm not. And so, uh, <laughs> so we're going to give a hard date. So March 15th, 2020 will be our first Sunday in our new building. March 15th, 2020 will be our first Sunday in our new building. <clears throat> 
That's only 20 Sundays away. I get anxiety, right? How's that going to happen? I don't know. But only 20 more times you walking through those doors, they'll be walking in those doors. 20 more Sundays. What that means, look, only 12 more work days. Guys, we're, we're not going to buy another old high school anytime soon. Yeah. Amen. Listen, like this is your chance. Like don't let it pass. Don't, don't have regret, man, I wish I would have been more involved in that when it happened. No, do it. We got 12 more, we got 12 more work days on Saturdays. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you to commit to own some of those. Commit to ownership. Listen, like three or four of them, or 12 if you want, but like three or four. Be, be there at three or four of them. We're, I'm going to put together, we're putting together five crews. We're going to have a carpentry, carpentry crew, a painting crew, a cleaning crew, a grounds crew for the outside, and then a chair crew because there are 1,100 chairs that have to be put together. For, listen, and 1,100 chairs for 1,100 people, right? Because it's about souls. It's about people. But they got to be put together and mounted. It's, it's going to be the job. Join a crew. Here's what I'm going to ask. On your, in your card, we have a card there, and it has name, phone number, and then a couple things you can do. You can say, I need, I need to join a team. I'm not on Team Hope. It's okay. There's no judgment, but just it's time. Join a team. What do I do on a joint team? If you join a team, you, you serve uh, like one hour every two weeks. It's, it's, it's not like, okay. Join a team and then say yes to a building crew. Then here's what we'll do. We'll call you this week or text you. We'll get with you and we'll find out exactly where you can serve and all that. But for now, just say yes. Commit to a building crew to prepare. Help, get, help us get prepared. The third one is this. You can commit to giving to support. Now, I made you laugh, and, and you guys liked all that, and I'm going to talk about money, and everybody's going to be awkwardly quiet, and it's cool. I get it. I get it. But it's going to take finances to make it happen. The vision is there. Look, the vision is there. How quickly we get there is up to you. The vision's there. How quickly we, how quickly we get there is up to you. I'll just tell you where we are. We've raised more money than we expected, which is thank you, Jesus, but the buildings cost more than we expected. There's electrical costs and all kind of, you know, just golly. We have about $50,000 in overages. We're not sure where we're gonna, how we're going to pay for it. So I'm going to get to work these next two weeks. I'm going to start raising money again. I'm going to call friends and pastors and guilt trip them, you know, whatever I got to do, you know. <laughs> if you feel called to give towards that 50, that's, that's great. But here's, here's what I really want to ask you to do. I want to ask you to be a faithful giver. Our average per person giving is about $18 a person. That doesn't mean much to you, but as somebody who knows the statistics and stuff, that's way, way below what we should be, even for our economic condition. Here's what that means. I'm just going to get real. What that means is there's only a few people who are paying for everybody. That's just the reality of where we are. And I'm not, I don't say that judgingly. It's just where we are. A lot of people are just kind of like, okay, I'll do it later, and they're just not doing it, you know? And so there's a few people who are carrying the load for everybody. Hey, let's not do that. Let's all be in this together. Let's own it. I don't, I don't know what that looks like for you. T today, maybe you could just start giving. Maybe you're like, okay, I can't give a tithe, man. There ain't no way I can give 10%. Like, you know, no way I could afford it. Okay, like just start. Start with something. Start with something. Maybe somebody here, you're just like kind of giving God tips, but you're not tithing. Like maybe it's time to step up. 
to do what the Bible, not what I'm saying, do what the Bible says to do. Give a tithe, give 10% to God. Maybe for you, maybe you're already given your tithe. Maybe it's time to stretch. Will you give above and beyond? I don't know what that is for you. Here's the thing. I'm not asking you, I'm not asking you for anything. I am going to ask you to ask God, though. We're going to pray about it here in just a second. Commit to giving to support. It's going to cost money. And then commit to pray to cover. The last one is this. Commit to pray to cover. I'm going to ask you, listen, when you're there, whenever you drive around that building, will you pray for it? Will you do me a favor? Take a lap. You're like, I ain't running. Okay, stay in your car. (laughs) You can run if you want. I'm saying I'm a car. Stay in your car. Pray for the building. Somebody asked me, hey, hey, can can I just walk around it a couple times a week and pray? Like, yeah. You want to come in and pray? Yeah. Pray, man. Pray. Pray for, the, pray for the building. Pray for our leaders. Pray for what's coming next. Pray for what God's about to do in that room. It's going to take all of us to own this vision. Own it. Own it. Own it. If you're new here, like, listen, I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm just kind of glad you're hearing about the vision of the church. If you're new here, I'm going to talk to you in just a minute because I want to tell you about Jesus. But, but if this is your church and you're not owning it, owning it in this way, you're not serving, you're not helping prepare, you're not supporting, what are you doing? Listen, this ain't a social club. We are a rescue unit. We're, we're, we're snatching people out of the flames of hell. Like this is the most important thing. Like we're doing too great a work. Like uh, let's own this together. What would it be like? What would it be like if we all owned this and we all served and we gave and we, we were faithful? And we, we got this. What would it be like, man? What kind of impact would it be in our city? What kind of impact would it be in your family, in your friends? Let's own this. I, I, was, I was presented this statement a while back and it's like, I, you, know, you know how sometimes you, people ask you a question and you can't unhear it and you're like, man, I wish they wouldn't ask me that. Yeah, here is the question I was asked. I'm going to ask you. If everybody in the church, listen, if everybody in this church, all the hundreds of people, if everybody in this church behaved, served, gave, and lived like you, would the church be better or worse? I was like, oh. If everybody did what you do, would we be better a church? Would we, would we be a better church or a worse church? Let's own this. Let's do it together. That's the beauty of the story of Nehemiah. They did it together. We can't stop. We can't stop. We got too great a work. Even greater is coming. So here's what you can do. I'm going to pray for you in just a minute. On that card, I'm going to ask you to commit. Put your name, your phone number. I'm going to ask you to commit to, uh, to joining a team, to joining a building crew, commit to praying. We're going to collect those in just a few minutes, but you can fill that out. Now, listen, if you're new here and you're like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. What, what high, what's the high school? Okay, so, I mean, I'm so thankful you're here. And listen, I realize every Sunday, I don't know who's walking through the door. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know the circumstances life has dealt you. But I do want to tell you today, listen, if you are in here for the first time or first time in a long time, I want you to know that you have hope. Listen, you have a God who, in heaven who loves you. He sees you. He sees your struggles. He sees what you're going through. 
He sees your past, he sees your sin, and he's still incredibly in love with you. Let me tell you my greatest hope. My greatest hope is not what God's gonna do for me in this life. My greatest hope is that I have the hope of eternal life. That no matter what this life brings, no matter how bad I blow it, no matter what happens, that I've got a Father in heaven who loves me and I've got a place in heaven for me. Listen, if you're here today and you don't know, you don't know God, here's the good news. Listen, this, this Christianity thing, listen, Christians have, have, have jacked it up. It is so simple. You have a God who loves you. He knows that there's no way you could do enough good stuff to pay for your sins. So he sent his son who was perfect, who was sinless. He died for you so you don't ever have to die. So even if you die in this life, you never die. You live on. And then we all join each other in heaven as sons and daughters of Christ. Listen, if that's you today, if you're in this room and this message wasn't even about this, but if you're in this room and you're far from God, man, I would love to be able to say, like, that changed for you today. I would love for you to be able to put your faith in Jesus. The beautiful thing, it's just, it's about faith. Jesus came, he died. It's his grace that saves. The Bible says you are saved, putting back in right relationship with God. You are saved by grace through faith alone. That's it. So I'm gonna give you a chance to put your faith in Jesus. To have the hope of, new life and to have hope in this life, to be put back in the right relationship with God. Yeah, but you don't know my past. Yeah, but God doesn't. He doesn't care. He still loves you. He's worried about your future, not your past. I'm going to pray for you. If you just bow your heads, listen, if you're in here and for the first time or first time in a long time, you need Jesus in your life. You say, man, Pastor said, like, I, I, mean, I have not been living it. Or, it's good. We're good. When Jesus came out of that grave, it was new beginnings. Living for Jesus is all about new beginnings. It's a new beginning for you. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pray a prayer. Now listen, this is not a magic prayer. It's not a special prayer. This is a way to connect your heart with God's heart. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that he is who he says he is, that he did what he said he did, the Bible says you can be saved be put back in right relationship with God. If that's you, for the first time or first time in a long time, I'm just gonna ask you to pray this. And mean it from the bottom of your heart. It's between you and God. Listen, I'm not gonna make you raise your hand or come up front or do anything weird. This is between you and God. So if you need Jesus today, if you're the one who needs to believe, this day is for you. So let's all say this together. Every one of us, let's say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Today, I put my faith and trust in you. I give you my whole life. Change me and make me new. Give me a hope and a future. Give me strength to live for you all of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep your heads bowed and eyes closed. Hey, if you prayed that for the first time or first time in a long time, I just wanna say welcome to the family of God. Somebody at the Next Steps bar at the back of the room would love to talk to you about you, talk to you about your next steps. So say welcome. We love you. We're thankful that you're here. We want to walk you through whatever you're going through. Now, God, I pray for every person here. 
God bless their homes, their families, their finances, their children and their children's children. God bless all they put their hands to, their jobs, their futures, their careers, their hopes, their dreams. We give it all to you. God bless us so we can be a blessing to others in return. We ask this in Jesus' name. Everybody said.